Our scripture tonight is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. He went to their own towns to be registered. All went to their own town to be registered. Joseph also went from town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem. Because he was descended from the house of the family of David, he went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and he was expecting a child. When they were there, the time came for her to deliver a child. And she gave birth to a firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That's the word of God to the people of God. Thank you, Jacob, for that word. The Heart of Africa Fellowship gathered today at 11 o'clock, too. I asked Jacob how the worship service went, and his standard reply, very, very powerful. <laughs> and I hope tonight, when we leave this place, we can say, tonight, the whole worship experience was very, very powerful. For here we are again on this Christmas Eve, gathered here to hear the carols proclaimed, to hear the anthem sung, to see the candles lit, to even light candles ourselves as we proclaim the good news of this season in a very, very powerful way. You know, this Advent season, we've been sharing our favorite Christmas records. This has been our sermon series. And uh, last week, I shared uh, one of my favorites, which was Holidays Singing uh, with Mitch. And uh, we, did, uh, we did Silver Bells. And, and we had Mitch play it in, as only Mitch can do. And Jimmy, we taught Jimmy a lot about Mitch Miller. How many of you know about Mitch Miller? All right. More today than last Sunday. Today we're going to hear another one of those Christmas um, specials. Of, of a record that's perhaps a favorite of many of us. It was first sung by Bing Crosby in 1943. It was one that uh, those who were overseas who wouldn't be coming home for Christmas heard this song sung, and it touched the heart um, of many a serviceman and also their families here at home. And since that time in 1943, many recording artists have recorded this great uh, song. We've been singing it perhaps all this Christmas season from one of those artists or another. But tonight, because one of you gave me an album that I have nearly worn out this Christmas season, Elvis Presley singing along with Elvis and Christmas, we're going to hear I'll Be Home for Christmas Elvis style. I'll be home 
You know, when you think of that line, if only in my dreams, I'm going to be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. And you know, it causes me to think that there are a lot that that line, if only in my dreams, is so true today. For there are some of you who perhaps will experience Christmas, not like it has been experienced in the past. Some of you may have lost a loved one. Or some of you may have had a circumstance in your life that just makes makes Christmas not quite feel like you're at home this year. I want to remind us of that other line that we're going to center this message on. And that line in this great song is this, where the love light gleams. We're going to be home for Christmas this year, no matter the circumstance, because home for Christmas is where the love light gleams. You know, this magical sentiment of being home for Christmas is, is a sentiment that perhaps when you think about 2017, this year that we have had, you, you realize that it could be called the year of homelessness. Think about it. In October, the fires in the beautiful wine country of Northern California destroyed some 8,000 homes. And, and then... A few weeks later, we had all of those hurricanes by the names of Harvey and Irma and Maria and South Texans and Floridians and those in the Caribbean and Puerto Rico. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are not home for Christmas. And then the fires in Southern California that are still going on to some degree have left even more homeless again this Christmas. Now I want to remind us as people of faith that our faith story is one of homelessness. 
and this quest of being home. Not in a physical place necessarily, but in that place where the love light gleams. You know, the beginning of our faith story is one where we have Adam and Eve in home in the Garden of Eden, right? And they disobey. And and then they lose that home in the Garden of Eden. And we're reminded of our own human condition of longing to be home. And Abraham, the father of the Judeo-Christian and also Islamic religion, he is the wandering Aramean. The father of our faith is one who had no home, a nomad. And then we read about another paranoid Pharaoh who threatens Moses' life and all of those Hebrew children, two years old and younger. And Moses is rescued, you remember, in that basket floating down the river, and he's taken not to his home, but to the home, the palace of the Pharaoh, away from his people. And then when he leads the the, the children of Israel out of bondage, out of slavery, out of that land that was not their home, toward that promised land, for 40 years they wandered homeless in the wilderness. And just think about the story of Jesus that we uplift on this holy night. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That was Joseph's ancestral home. But it was not home for him. He was reared in the little town of Nazareth in Galilee. And and that was by way of Egypt where Joseph and Mary had to take him because, again, this paranoid Pharaoh was killing all the Hebrew children, all the little Jewish babies, two years old and younger because they were threatened. He was threatened by what the wise men shared as the good news of a king that was born. In Jesus calling his disciples, he said, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until it's time to go, for we have no home. And then when one man wanted to follow Jesus, Jesus replied with that famous verse that we know, the foxes have dens, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And of course we know the birth story of Jesus. How Jesus, um, before he was born even, Joseph and Mary looking for a place where this baby could be born. It was the innkeeper who said, no home here, but there's a stable out in the back. The story that Jacob read for us just earlier from Luke's gospel is one that accentuates this homeless beginning of Jesus. The innkeeper and his response is not really biblical. I mean, we don't know all of what went on there. We don't know the feelings of that innkeeper. We don't know what was going on exactly, only that there were so many people in Bethlehem that there was no place to stay. And yet through the years... We have made so much about that innkeeper, perhaps even resonating with him to some degree, and yet wondering how on earth he could turn away Mary and Joseph as they were expecting the Christ child. 
You know, I never tire of hearing the the, the story about the, the, the Christmas play in this small town nativity pageant. In this church, uh, there was a little lively boy, a 10-year-old boy by this time. His name was Barry, and he managed to create a disaster every year for the Christmas pageant. That brought back some memories. And in one year, his, he was an angel, and his angel wings caught fire and nearly burned the church down. And another year, it was said that, that, um, that he was King Herod, and he didn't like the gifts that the wise men were bringing the baby Jesus, and so he started pushing them one by one until they all fell down. Every year, Barry found a way to spoil the Christmas pageant. And the children begged, please don't let Barry in the Christmas pageant this year. He'll, he'll wreck it again for sure. But the, the teacher couldn't refuse him. He was so willing and so wanted to be in the Christmas pageant. So she gave him a, a very small role. All he had to do was open the door as the innkeeper and shut the door after he had delivered his one line. Be gone. I have no room for the likes of you. So Barry made it through the dress rehearsals without any problems at all. And then on the night as the mothers and fathers were all gathered there in that auditorium for the Christmas story. Barry had his one chance to redeem himself and it, when it was Barry's time to say his one line, he did it flawlessly except in the rehearsal they hadn't had that donkey with Mary sitting on that donkey. Mary didn't quite look as sad as she did on rehearsal night as she did this night when all was decked out in that auditorium. And so when it came the time for him to open the door and to say his line, he did so flawlessly. Be gone. I have no room for the likes of you. And then as Mary and Joseph turned, just as they were supposed to do, and sadly they were going away into the cold night, Barry spoke a line that was not in the script. He said, wait, wait, you can have my room. <laughs> the children began to cry. The parents shook their heads. Another Christmas pageant down the drain. No one knew where to go from there, for Barry had made room <laughs> for the baby to be born in his house, his home. And then the teacher, she was drying Barry's tears and comforting the other children who were more angry than they were sad by then. She said maybe Barry was the real messenger after all. Only those who have room in their hearts can the dear Christ child enter in. Now, if we believe this teacher is right in what she was explaining to Barry and the rest, that the home for Christ is really in our hearts, and it's in that home of our hearts where that love light, which is Christ, can gleam. If our hearts are the preferred home of Jesus, then he is the love light that gleams there. 
You know, many of you know the story that my family experienced this year. But I can't help but think about it and share it with you tonight. On the 12th of August, our daughter Emily and her fiancé now husband JB got married here in Dallas in Ship Chapel. It was a beautiful service. We had a party downtown and we'd been praying for 20 months that my mother who suffers from Parkinson's and has for 30 years could make that wedding and she did. My dad and mom were there. All the family was there. We had such a wonderful experience. And then at the end of that evening, When everything was over, we received a call from our hometown. And the call was one that no one ever would want to hear. That lightning had struck their home that night and burned their house to the ground. Mom had already gone to sleep, so we kind of strategized what we would do the next morning. And on that Sunday morning when we woke up in a hotel in downtown Dallas, we the family all gathered in mom and dad's room and I'll never forget my dad who is 81 sharing with my mom that their house had burned and my mom cried a little bit and she said oh all my things and you need to know my mom is kind of a an unorganized hoarder. She had saved everything for many, many years and had them all organized in boxes and things. All my things, she said. And then within seconds, she said, "But, but they were just things. And what's important is that we have each other and we're here together. My mom hadn't been away from home two nights in a row in nearly 10 years. And there they were here with us in Dallas when that tragedy occurred. Now what I want to share with you tonight is really out of how the tragedy of their homelessness and of course they had insurance and they're fine and all of that. But but from the tragedy of that homelessness, they experienced the love light gleaming in the heart's of their Christian family, neighbors, friends, like they had never experienced it before. Now, I know they were still grieving, but the people who have come into their lives in these months have really shared with them what this Christmas is really all about. You know, you know, I have to uh, share with you, I've been thinking, tomorrow we go home like we always do. We have Christmas at, at home with my parents, and it won't be in that same home that we've had Christmas in for 12 years. The grandchildren won't be playing on that, that uh, player piano uh, all the Christmas songs in kind of an annoying way, actually. <laughs> and the stockings won't be on that antique uh, drugstore counter as they always were. I come from a pharmacy family. And we won't be ooing and aahing over all of mom's collection of angels and Christmas plates and ceramic Christmas villages. We're not going to be thumbing through photo albums as has been our custom at Christmas's past. 
And we won't play Mitch Miller's holiday record. It was lost to the fire too. But the blessings of this year we will recount as love lights gleaming. Our family in dealing with this tragedy from the very first day on we're reminded of what this Christmas season is all about. It's about making a place, a home in our hearts for a Christ who is that love light who shines and touches the lives of others from the firemen that night and friends who caringly showed up and held their hands and cried with them to the friends from Dallas and from our African fellowships who all gathered and they helped to remove the rubble from seeing people there over and over again from all kinds of backgrounds, black and white, rich and poor, those who grew up in the country, those who grew up in the city, but all having one thing in common, and that was home where Jesus resided and resides and is that love light that gleams. To a cousin who made a beautiful mosaic out of all the broken uh, dishes, Christmas dishes that she could find in the rubble and made a beautiful framed mosaic. To a Christmas basket that a neighbor brought over that had one of those little Christmas village ornaments there in a beautiful red basket. To meals and other acts of love that have been shared with them. We have been reminded as a family that we are not homeless. No one is homeless. When we understand that the home that Jesus desires is our heart. And from that heart, his love light gleams. And changes the lives of others. Friday night we gathered in Asbury. There were so many people in there you couldn't hardly move around. They were from all the homeless shelters. There were people there who we met when they were in prison away from home. There were people there who were part of our, our deaf ministry gathered for that night. We were all this hodgepodge of people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life coming together as sisters and brothers who share that common home for Christ where the love light gleams. Tonight I want us to remember that the best of all is God is with us. That God's home is heart and that from heart, yours and mine, his love light gleams. Let's pray. Oh, love light, Jesus, babe of Bethlehem, that gleams for all the world you promised. 
that you are the light of the world. And whoever follows you will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. No, God, we know too that as the babe of Bethlehem, that you grew up to teach us, just like Barry's teacher, a message that we should never forget that we are the light of the world. You told us in Jesus that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden and that no one would light a candle and put it under a bushel basket, but on a candlestick where it gives light to everyone in the house. And just like you commanded us, Lord, help us to let our light so shine before others that they will see our good deeds and only glorify you. For it is you in our hearts that allows us to let your love light gleam through us. Lord, let us know that we're not homeless ever. And the home that we create for you is a home that changes the world. Amen.